0: Well hello church, what a fantastic time we've had with the Lord this morning, it's just been absolutely beautiful and I want to thank particularly Tom because you shouldn't underestimate what it's like being a worship leader in a church, you have to watch what's happening to the congregation, you have to listen to the Holy Spirit, you have to decide what you've got prepared, whether you can follow what the Spirit's doing, it's just been brilliant this morning, really good. By the way, yeah, yeah, go on, let's thank you Tom. you. <clears throat> uh, I used to I used to lead in worship myself years ago in in Yorkshire. Had a brilliant pianist to work with, and we had signals. We used to go like that for go back to the chorus. That go back to the beginning. That play quietly because I want to bring a word of scripture. Take it up a tone. Anyway, one time we had a, a, a meeting which was a bit like this morning, where the congregation were lost in wonder, love, and praise. Like you know, I didn't know what to do. And I'm stood there, and I thought, where do we go? Because they were they were away. Like you know, they were away in heavenly places. I didn't know how we we're going to bring them back, and if they would come back. I didn't you know. I mean, I, I didn't know what to do. So I turned around, and looked at the worship group, and they were useless. They were all there like this. I just completely lost it. So I looked at the pianist for a signal, and he went like that, and I went. I don't know what that means. Lisa. So at the end of the meeting, I said to him, well, eventually this beautiful time actually morphed into something else and, and kind of moved further on. But I said to him at the end of the meeting, you know, you gave me a new signal that. I said, what was it? He said it meant what the heck did uh, do? So he was in the same position. Let's turn to Matthew 25. We've looked at, the, at this... Uh, particular passage before but I want to bring some other truths out of it possibly can so at that time the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom five of them were foolish five were wise the foolish ones took their lamps but didn't take any oil with them the wise however took oil in jars along with their lamps the bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep at midnight the cry rang out here's the bridegroom come out to meet him Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on the way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or hour. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this passage of your word. We pray that today you will bring truths out for us so that we will understand more of what you require of us and we can implement it in our lives. And all God's people said amen. Now, if by some amazing chance you've come to church today without a Bible, there is some there that you can take away if you want. But uh, we're going to be hopping around a bit in Scripture, so it should come up behind us. But if not, you can sort it out yourself with, with a Bible. Okay. So my question is, first of all, I think if you'd lined these women up, I don't think you could have told which was which. I don't think you could have gone, oh, wise, wise, foolish, wise, foolish, foolish. I don't think you could do that. They all look the same. They were all going to the wedding banquet, and I imagine that, like ladies who go to weddings, uh, they had made sure that they looked really smart, they were wearing nice clothes, probably a bit of makeup, made sure uh, that they were uh, properly presentable, etc. When our two lads were getting married, we went to every wedding shop you could possibly imagine. We went to shops in places like Grantham, where we were on holiday in Lincolnshire, and, uh, just anyway, but, but uh, yeah, to make sure that. Um, particularly the the bride's mum, was presentable, and she very much was. So you can imagine that these uh, ladies would all have done the same thing. So what was it that set them apart? Well, what set them apart was what happened when the bridegroom came. They all had lamps, okay, so they were all prepared in that way, and they, they all had got wicks with them, and they were all capable of showing light. The thing that shocked me about these ten women was... They all fell asleep. I didn't expect. When I read it again, I went, "Do you know I never noticed that before?" I mean, you just thought the wise ones would have not been pushing the Zeds out. You know, they would have kept awake to make sure that the bridegroom, when he turned up, they would go, "Oh, ready." But no, they all nodded off. How amazing is that? The bridegroom appeared at one of the darkest hours of the day, at midnight. Now, I don't know whether you've ever experienced real darkness uh, but it's very, very debilitating. In the 1970s, this shows my age, right? In the 1970s, we had terrible disputes with the miners' union and the government and the electricians' union and the government. And uh, they coincided with a three-year experiment not to have British summertime so the clocks didn't go forward and back for three years. And that meant kids were going to school when it was quite dark, and it was felt that the risk of kids going to school in the dark when they're half asleep and people driving in the dark when they're half asleep would lead to more accidents, so we've gone back to having British summertime. But the weird thing was, you knew when the... Oh, I should explain. We had power cuts because they needed to conserve coal, which made not only electricity, but gas... Until the conversion to natural gas in the mid 70s, so we had to con- we had to conserve coal stocks. How boring do you want me to be? Okay, the reason we had to do it is because because gas, the coal gas, was poisonous. So you couldn't afford to have a gas cut because when pilot lights came back on, people might die. OK, so it was a really serious problem if gas was ever cut in an area to get it back on because you had to go to every house. Anyway, so to conserve coal stocks, there were power cuts. When it was the miners' dispute, you knew when it was going to happen. The Nottingham Evening Post told you the schedule. Every four, it was in four-hour blocks. And so you knew that if it went off at 8 o'clock at night, it'd be off till midnight, et etc. Et the electricians' dispute, you had no idea. It just went off. The weird thing was on our street a little back street of about 200 yards long there was absolutely no light at all none and the weird thing was as you walked down to the main road where you'd got the lights from vehicles you couldn't see people coming towards you and several times i walked into people oh i'm sorry you couldn't hear them and you definitely didn't see them the darkness was utterly debilitating you couldn't tell where you were occasionally some kind person would put a little oil lamp in their front room but didn't like the whole street but you were really debilitated the other time i came across this was um, a group of us from work used to hire a quarryman's cottage in the middle of nowhere in lakeland and go walking in the hills not something i would do on my own but these guys knew where to go and we used to go out for a meal uh, to a pub and then we had to walk home to this to this cottage in the middle of nowhere in total darkness so one of, our, one of our group was a guy who liked to have a drink or ate, and um, uh, he said to us one night, uh, we were all finishing a meal, and he said, I- I'm, I'm going back to the cottage. And we said, you need a torch. Take a torch. Oh, no, no, way. Come out the door, you see to 's got there, and you come to the cottage. Okay, so we finished our meal, and we went, <laughs> went off to the cottage to to get ready to uh, to go to bed, and there was no sign of him. And uh, we thought, oh, we're going to have to go look for him. But we didn't need to, because a few minutes later, the door crashed open, and this wet-through, bedraggled, foul-smelling thing stood at the door. And we said, hey, what happened to you? And he said, uh, there, there was a sheep pen, <gasps> and I slipped on some guano. <laughs> and, then, and then I fell in the beck. <laughs> So um, we had to try and clean him up because he smelled awful and, and so on. But the problem was, when you set off in that darkness, you could think you knew the way, but you were completely debilitated without light. At the moment in our nation, we have very dark things happening. I watched the news on Thursday, and it was utterly terrible, Two teenagers murdering a teenager in, in Cheshire. Two teenagers and a bloke murdering two teenagers in Bristol. A man throwing acid or something over a woman and her children. I went, oh, like, Lord, I, I, you know, you pray for the people and the families, but you think, what's happening, Lord? This is darkness. The answer is light. Yeah. When you had a torch, you could see. Light dispels darkness immediately. It dispels it some considerable distance. Only when you experience true darkness do you begin to understand the value of light. The foolish virgins were relying on something that wasn't going to last. Commentators say these, these lamps, which looked a bit like that... or when they were lit like that they had a wick that was kind of a thin rope that went round inside and then came up through that hole at the front and that's what you lit if it ran out of oil there was sufficient oil still in the wick to give light you understand? so like you could still light it and it would still burn for a while but there wasn't enough oil in that reservoir to continue to provide light that's why you needed to take extra with you now commentators say that to some extent what's being talked about here possibly is nominal christianity people who say things like well i was christened i was baptized into this denomination my dad used to go to church my mum always polished the church pews i was confirmed i've got a bible at home etc but that is insufficient to continue to provide light continually it will burn light for a while but when issues come in life when challenges come and when the lord comes that's not going to be enough you need a fresh anointing you need more oil okay Let's pray for a moment before we move on. Lord, I just want to pray. We all want to pray at the moment about the darkness in our nation. And we recognize that it's the church that can bring light. The church of Jesus Christ can bring the light of Christ. Help us, Lord, if we're facing issues in our lives, to adopt your oil, as it were, to allow the light of Christ to burn in us Help us, Lord, to shine forth to people who need to know that there is light. They don't have to live in darkness. Show us, Lord, day by day, how we can burn brightly, as it were, for you. Amen. Now, there's a, as I say, there are, there is some of those examples, but people who like, have a form of godliness but do, not, but do not accept the power or deny the power of it, Maybe that's what this is talking about. The scariest thing in this passage for me personally is when he says to them, I never knew you. Okay? So they looked exactly like the others. The foolish ones looked like the wise ones. But he says to them, I never knew you. The Greek word is aedo, which means to be aware of, to see, consider, or understand. I'm really, really scared about that. I don't want the Lord to say to me, I never knew you. Yes, you did all sorts of wonderful things for me, but actually, I wasn't that bothered about it. If you turn back to the Sermon on the Mount, which is over in Matthew chapters uh, 5, 6, and 7, there's a couple of things there. First of all, in chapter 5, he says, You are the light of the world, chapter 5, verse 14. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, so they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. In other words, Christ is the light of the world, but when you've got him in you, you also show some of that light forth, Do you see. That's why sometimes in a situation like this when people come into church they go, whoa, the Lord's amongst you. Because all these little bits of light are all showing forth and it's very, very bright. Because when you're living in darkness, as some are, and you walk into the light, you go, whoa, this is fantastic, I can see. Imagine how wonderful that is for some people. That's why we need to seek The continual anointing of God, so that we are continually filled with the oil of the Holy Spirit. Amen? If you look over in Acts chapter 19, verses 2 to 6, they received the Holy Spirit, um, these disciples. He said, um, Paul asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, no, we've not even heard there is an Holy Spirit. So Paul said, well, what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. It was the baptism in the Holy Spirit that caused them then to speak forth the word of God to begin to shed light where there was darkness in this first century community. Now, what does it mean to have spare oil well i think it probably meant they were filled with the spirit and prepared whether or not the bridegroom was delayed they didn't know he'd been delayed he would be delayed they were ready over the past few months we've had a number of sermons in this church that have told us to be ready one was about being a soldier being prepared and ready you can't imagine can you if you were in a regiment and uh, suddenly there's a battle and you missed it oh sorry Sarge, i didn't realize it was today I'm re- oh, i wish i'd turned no oh, missed it again you know no the idea is to be ready because you don't know the day or hour when he's coming back maybe also you could say they weren't a disappointment you could say they were reliable they went the extra mile. They didn't know if they'd need more oil, but they made sure they'd got it because you just didn't know. If you look over to 2 Kings chapter 4, there's this amazing story about the widow whose children were being sold into slavery. And Elisha comes along and he says, what have you got in your house? She says, I've only got a bit of oil. He says, right, well, fill every jar you can get from all your neighbors and then sell it and you can uh, get your kids out of slavery, and you can live on what's left. The interesting thing is that there was enough oil for all the vessels. It only stopped flowing when all the vessels were filled. So if you're thinking today, well, I'm not sure about asking for the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, there's plenty of oil to fill you and everybody around you. You don't have to hold back you can let God's Holy Spirit fill you today and have that anointing that is necessary to shed light. If you look quickly at uh, at, uh, Psalm 132, verse 17, it talks about, this is um, talking about the Lord, but it says, here I will make strength grow for David and set up a lamp for my anointed one his head will be adorned with a radiant crown. Talking about the Lord, but it also refers to us. We can ask for a daily anointing. If you look at 2 Samuel twenty-two twenty-nine, 29, this is David's great song to God. And he says, you, Lord, are my lamp. The Lord turns my darkness into light. You get blessed like the widow did, but all that oil that she sold blessed loads of other people. People would be able to cook with it. They'd use it for cosmetics. They'd use it for light. It blessed everybody else. That's the whole point. Not that you should go. Well, I've been baptised in the Holy Spirit. You know, what I mean, <laughs> you know, it's not. That's not the idea. The idea is that you go out and bless others. You have blessings for them. You have words for them. Yeah. Okay. That's what it's for. And we have to trust that our light is from Christ. Over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1-6, to 6, is he keeping up with me behind? I feel dead sorry for him because I've given him all these references and they go jumping about and I don't put them in order. <laughs> it's not deliberate. Honestly, it's not deliberate, mate, really. 2 Corinthians 4, 1-6, it says, Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we don't lose heart. We've renounced secret and shameful ways. And even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. For what we preach is not ourselves but Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Listen again. God who said let light shine out of darkness made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Hallelujah. What a fantastic thing to be able to ask God for. To say Lord give me a Holy Spirit that I might be light in a dark world. I might be the one who, I come across somebody who's at the end of their rope and I can bring them light so that they have hope for their future. I might be talking to somebody who's about to make a monumental, life-changing decision that will spoil all sorts of relationships and situations and with a word that I don't even realise what I'm saying, I've brought light into their life to help them amen but the thing is we've got to be prepared to do that we've got to be prepared to show forth our light and i um i want to finish with a song right but before we do we'll just pray lord thank you for your word thank you for this passage that talks to us about what it means to have spare oil I pray for any today who want to receive the Holy Spirit that today will be the day they say, I want to be filled. I don't want to run the risk of hearing the Lord say, I never knew you. Or the risk of finding that uh, I'm not ready for when he comes back. I want to be filled. And I want to be filled not, not for my benefit, but that the light, that light of Christ might be brought to others in our needy, dark world. And all God's people said amen. Now listen, if you've been listening to the sermon and you think, well, that's for me, I need to ask for that. Then at the end, when we've finished, please come to the front and somebody will pray with you to receive the wonderful gift of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Amen.